a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus, and he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed, we were adopted as sons of God. Uh, I think. Huh? 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 Oh, oh. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? Hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad you're, oh, yeah. glad you're here. I'm also reading up on uh, Vatican One here, doing a little show prep. Ooh, man. Sweet. Remember how we're going to do that at the end of the show? Talk about the Pope. Uh, yeah, so this is where you take something you've already prepared for some other thing, and then you put it on Table Talk Radio. Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, I wanted to talk about this on issues, etc., but they didn't want to. So, so that's a fine. I got my own show. You can talk about it on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Goodness. I mean, there's Evan's show. I can I can go on Evan's show and do it there. Yeah. So we're gonna do buzzwords. We're gonna do some email. Then we're gonna do some Bible B because we didn't get to it last show. And then, uh, then we're going to do what the Pope says about himself, or name that papal declaration. I like it. I mean, I don't know. We've never played it before, but it sounds like something I would like. We have played it. We because we played it before. Because whenever I put this thing together back in two thousand eight, we used it for a game. But now the Pope's coming for a visit, so it's time to celebrate by reminding ourselves what the Pope <laughs> says about himself. So, we're, we're celebrating the Pope's visit. Okay, all right. Now. My buzzword for you, remember the buzzword part, is gnasio. It comes from the Greek word gnasios. <laughs> That's convenient. Which means true. And uh, when you look up the word gnasio, the only way you ever even see it is when it talks about the gnasio Lutherans. Now, after Luther died, around the year 1546... Uh, there arose numerous controversies in the Lutheran Church, and uh, not a few of them were around our friend Philip Melanchthon, who uh, wrote the Augsburg Confession and the Apology thereof, and was pretty good whenever Luther was hanging around, although he always showed tendencies to be a little more ecumenically minded. He was a uh, Irenic, which comes from the Greek word Irenikos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which means peaceful, apparently. Now, uh, the, 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 Philip started to compromise, and so the Philippists were opposed by the men who called themselves the Gnasio Lutherans, that is, the true or real Lutherans. So Gnasio means true. Got it? Nice. Got it. I'm still picking my buzzword. Hmm. Um, Take your time. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not like we're in the middle of a show or anything like that. And who I'll said, read an email. Who said I don't do show prep? Did someone say that? That's right. No, I don't know. Um, uh, ready? You, you, how long is this going to take for you to pick? I'll do Okay, Ransom. How about Ransom? Have we done Ransom okay, before? Probably. 
Uh, ransom is the price in order to get a thing back. So if I were to kidnap your child, <laughs> I would demand a ransom. And this is the cost yep. of getting your child back. Not the, Good example. Not the, <laughs> thank you. I, I thought a long, a long time on that example. What would be the perfect example of ransom? Um, yeah, I want so, to make sure it has a lot of gospel impact. I want to talk about stealing got it. children. <laughs> and in like manner. The, Let me tap into your worst fears as a parent <laughs> to define this beautiful theological word. You're doing great. The God. So the cost to win us back is the blood of Jesus. He is our ransom. So, uh, and it can be used as a verb too. Like he has ransomed ransomed us. Um, that, that he has uh, purchased us back. And again, the cost, as Luther says in the Catechism, is not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood. I got a new idea based on your uh, buzzword. Is I'm gonna. I think what we should do is take the Bible, the New Testament, and publish it with by cutting out letters from a magazine. And sell it as a youth Bible and call it the ransom note. <laughs> All right, you. Hey, that's copyright that. right there. When Zondervan does that, then <laughs> we're gonna go back to this show. All right. Okay. Here, 20... Here's an email. Okay, go ahead. You, you're mega. It says, "Dear mediocre radio host, I got no idea who this is to. Since one of you is on a mission, in quote, to pronounce the silent letters, I'm not sure how to pronounce Genesio. I think we've read this on the air before." Well, it fits in with my buzzword, that's why. The situation isn't rectified soon. I might have to sue and demand write your old Twitter account. Oh, yeah, that we did read that. So the, <laughs> the answer is Gnasio. All right. You have another now, email there? I just really messed that up because I was thinking that I was going to get points, but now I just re- realize that you don't get points for saying your own buzzword. Yeah, you're really bad at this Sheesh. whole co-hosting thing. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. Hey, TTR, in your last episode, 338... What episode is this? 350-something. 350-something. You touched on James 2, saying that James is talking about justification before other men rather than before God. Where in the text is the indication for this? Is it in James? Do we decide on the mountain of evidence for justification by grace through faith that this is what James 2 passage must be talking about? Noah. Noah from Illinois. Uh, what What did we say? He claimed that we said... Well, I think maybe I said it, or I, I, I don't know. But remember the James 2 text where it says, um, James says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that whole passage here? I'll, I'll yeah, yeah. You a few. I, I've heard of that before. So, uh, this, I'm looking at um, chapter 2, verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. See that? So that is the key that, uh, to the text. So the, the point is, how will you show me your faith? H- how can faith be shown? Remember, f- faith being the assurance of things hoped for and the confidence of things not seen is, in fact, uh, an invisible thing. You cannot see faith. We can't, we can't see the, the state of another person's heart. So James is asking the question, really answering the question, how will you show forth faith? How will faith be manifested? And faith is, is manifested in, the conf- in its confession and in works of love. That's how faith is shown forth. So all we can do, do all we can to see if someone has faith or not, 
is to judge both what they say and what they do. And so that's how f- faith is manifest uh, to the world. And we are justified before God by faith, but we are really justified or made right by one another uh, by our works of love and charity. And that's what James is getting at there. So I think to answer the question from Noah, the answer is it's in the text. Yeah. Right there in chapter 2, verse 18. So the two is that show me your faith apart from your works is to say that that is really not a faith. <laughs> I mean, to say that I've got faith, I just don't ever do anything loving to anyone, serve anyone in any way whatsoever. Uh, James says, yeah, right. Uh, this is what my faith looks like, and it's seen in uh, serving one another. Fair enough? Yeah. Yeah, fair okay. enough. Good. You want another email? Sure. This comes from Adam. Dear pastors, I may soon have to utilize seminarian Jake's addiction treatment as I've run out of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> what was his addiction treatment? Is to listen to his radio show? Yeah, the I seminarian think so. Jake show? It. I think that's How it. does that go? What is that show called? I've know. listened to all of it except for the parts I've slept through, so I've listened to a little bit of the show. Lord have mercy. Since all you do these days is answer emails, I was hoping you could... Is that true? I was hoping you could give me, uh, uh, help me to understand a few passages from Dr. Luther's much-lauded A Simple Way to Pray. When discussing the Lord's Prayer, Luther speaks of not using the same words each day, but rather as a pattern of thought and meaning. Uh, from here he says, quote, It often happens that I get lost right in right and good thoughts as they come, so that I do not even say the rest of the Lord's Prayer. When such rich thoughts come, just let the other prayers go and give these thoughts plenty of room. Do not in any way hinder them, for in this way the Holy Spirit is preaching to you. His sermon is better than a thousand of our prayers. Many times I've learned more in the process of a single prayer than I would have struggled to learn through much writing and reading. And later, after discussing the second commandment, he references himself in true wolf Merlarian style. Do I reference myself? <laughs> oh, remember yes. that joke? Oh, yes. How did that go? Let me see. You... <laughs> like I always say. <laughs> All right. Quote, if the Holy Spirit should come and begin to preach rich, enlightened thoughts in your heart, give him the honor and let these kind of fixed thoughts go. Be still. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit's thoughts, for he can do far better than you. Note well what he preaches. Write it down, and you will experience something amazing as you consider God's law, as David says in Psalm 119, verse 18, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Did, end quote. Did Luther turn his back on enthusiasm and prayer journaling between this publication in 1535 and writing the small called articles, or is there a proper way to understand it? Thanks, Adam. Ah, very good question. Boy, those... P.S. P.S. This is quotes from page 13 and 18 from Harrison's translation, and P.P.S. Can I have some points? Oh, well, you, <laughs> you issue points, and then... Well, I gave myself falsely 500 points for using my own buzzword, and I'm going to take those... <laughs> Points. They've been used already, Adam. I hope you don't mind yeah, second-hand they're points. They're second-hand. They belong to you. <laughs> they're Table Talk Radio points from the thrift store, but uh, you can have them. <laughs> uh, the answer is that there's a way to reconcile these things. Um, yes, this indeed. Is, this is not a uh, change of heart by Luther, but we need to understand him in the context, and we will tell you how that is properly understood right after this break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, and you can s- send us an email at questions at tabletalkradio.org. Blue and I see clouds of white and the brightness of deep. I like the dark and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. There isn't a way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. 
but thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where we are answering emails to our email address, questions at tabletalkradio.org. And uh, what's his name again? Chris? I don't know if we have a, do John, we have a name on this Bob, one? Or Bob. Ah, I see. No. Adam. Adam writes in, and he the asks... The first man. Did... <laughs> then he should know the answer to this question. <laughs> yeah. Well, Adam, the first Adam, became an enthusiast. So <laughs> the second true. Adam here... <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, this is like the 7,000th Adam, is trying to not be an enthusiast, but he recognizes hints of enthusiasm in Luther himself, the arch-anti-enthusiasts, especially when he's talking about prayer. Luther says, If the Holy Spirit should come and begin to preach rich, enlightened thoughts in your heart, give him the honor and let these kind of fixed thoughts go. Be still and pay attention to the Holy Spirit's thoughts, for he can do far better than you. Note well what he preaches, write it down, etc. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, well, see, I think that one of the things that we see with Luther is he talks about uh, the way that we interact with Scripture is that we would, uh, you know, chew the cud, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a cow does, only like with God's Word. So we'd be right. uh, contemplating the very thing of God's Holy Word, which is a means of grace, not enthusiasm. I wonder how, I mean, I wonder if cud could at some point be a buzzword. Now, um, I think you're right about that, and Luther will make that point, especially with the Lord's Word, with the Lord's Prayer, because when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying first the words of the the Lord Himself. So as we're praying through the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, as we're praying through the the, the commandments and the creed, uh, the different parts of the Catechism, we're meditating on the Lord's Word, and that that meditation brings forth uh, fruit of understanding and enlightenment and joy and peace. So it's not as if uh, Luther's saying that we should have a blank mind and listen for the Holy Spirit to whisper, but rather we wait for the Holy Spirit to bring to us the insight from the Scriptures themselves. And and that is all happening in our prayers. So that, so that we're hearing the Holy Spirit unfold the truths of, uh, of the Word and not truths apart from the Word. Ah, very good, good. All right, so now we're going to play the game which we call Bible B. This is where we read a verse or two or three from uh, the Bible, and the contestant has the task of trying to identify which book of the Bible it comes from. There are points involved in this game. Oh, can, uh, which, points. Which is really the only reason we play these games is to get points, Table Talk Radio right. points. And uh, so, and then there's a little dis- distinction between law and gospel. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked about that. So, Pastor, why don't you tell us uh, what this law-gospel thing is all about? Well, we say that when we come to the Scripture, we hear two words from God, really, two distinct uh, themes that the Lord is uh, t- teaching on all throughout the Scripture. And the first is the law, which is His eternal will. Uh, we have it summarized in the Ten Commandments, and the law generally tells us what we are to do. And because we are sinners, the law shows us our sin how we fail to keep God's law, uh, how we're constantly uh, living outside of God's orders and institutions and so forth. So the law functions, this is a chief use of the law, the theological use, it functions as a mirror to show us our sin. 
Now, the gospel, on the other hand, rather than being command, the gospel is promise, and a very specific promise. The gospel is the promise of the forgiveness of sins. The gospel is the preaching of Jesus, his work, not ours, uh, his kindness, not our foolishness, his gifts, not our efforts and works and so forth. And these two themes run throughout the Scripture. Now, every, every Christian recognizes those two. The difficulty is, uh, is both in distinguishing law and gospel and in applying law and gospel. So we want to we note well the difference uh, uh, between law and gospel so the two don't become mingled up with one another and you get a diluted law and gospel. Uh, and then also we want to apply it especially to ourselves. Luther says it's easy to see the difference. The tr- tricky part is when the devil's tempting us to keep these two apart from one another. Ah, okay. Thanks for uh, muting your phone while we have this discussion. You're welcome. Your three verses for... I'm getting a lot of important messages on <laughs> Facebook, so could you hold on? <laughs> Round one of Bible B is this. you got to pay attention or else you won't get any points. All right. Uh, likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, oh, take it easy, comes from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward this house, hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that the peoples may, uh, the peoples of the earth, may know your name and fear you, as do your people, Israel and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. If your people go out to battle the, against their enemies by whatever you shall send them, they shall pray to you toward this city that you have chosen and the house that I have built for your name. Oh, boy. Well, that's a long three verses. You basically that was. got a whole chapter. You, that, well, I appreciate that. Extra long verses. Uh, so who is the prophet that writes in extra long verses? <laughs> See how funny that is? Because the prophets didn't do the verses that came later in the Middle Ages. That's hilarious. That was hilarious. <sighs> now, you, of course, have gone to some obscure Old Testament historical passage. The readers playing along at home are thinking to themselves, Obscure? How mean is Pastor Gagline? Isn't this a catechism verse? Uh, to go to these obscure Old Testament passages... But, dear listener, don't feel bad, because I recognized a few things in that verse. <laughs> uh, the first is that, um, okay, that it was talking about the Lord. It was a prayer. Okay, so that's the first key. So it was someone talking to God and asking very specific things. He's, there was a prayer for the foreigner, and that the foreigner, how do we say foreigner on this show? I think we say it normal. Foreigner. The foreigner. The foreigner. <laughs> would pray, and the Lord would hear the prayer. And I do believe there was also in this prayer mention of forgiveness of sins, that the Lord would forgive sins. Then the person in the text was saying that the people could pray, uh, even if they were out fighting wars or whatever, they would look and, and they would look towards the city where the house of the Lord was, and they would also pray. And then at the last part, I think I was onto this, but the, the last part kind of gave it away. It says, they would look to the house which I have built. Now, there are probably three people that could talk about building the house of the Lord. (laughs) The first is Solomon, who built the temple. Remember, David wanted to build the temple. I got this nice cedar house. The Lord's still in a tent. I'm going to go build him a temple. Nathan says, rock on. And yet, the Lord, he has a dream, and so he comes back the next day and says, whoa, wait a minute. And the Lord says to David, 2 Samuel 7, I will build you a house. 
So, uh, uh, and you will not build me a house. So the building of the temple then goes to Solomon, and he builds it on the he builds it in the place. Remember where he, the threshing floor of that fellow where David went and put the the sacrifice so that the so that the angel would stop destroying people in the plague after David's census. Uh, so, so then Solomon builds the house uh, of the Lord there. Now, the other person could be Zerubbabel, who was overseeing the reconstruction of the temple after it was destroyed by the Babylonians and in the return. So the second temple, that's, oh, whenever that was, something like 500, 450 B.C. Zerubbabel is overseeing the building of the second temple. Now, the third person who could say something like that would be Herod. Uh-huh who rebuilt that Zerubbabelian temple and made it all fancy, and that's the temple that was hanging around when Jesus came. Except for I don't think we have any prayers of Herod in the Scripture. So mm. this is going to be either Zerubbabel or Solomon. Now, I'm going to go with Solomon, because this sounds a lot like his prayer at the dedication of the temple. And that would either be in second, in first, in first Kings... Or in the Chronicles. But I do believe that this is going to be Solomon's prayer from 1 Kings. Final answer? Yep. <laughs> this is Herod. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 6. <laughs> now, dear listeners, you'll notice that... That's First and Second Chronicles is... First and Second Chronicles and the kings are like... The different Gospels, they're the same story told twice. <laughs> no. is, this, is this exact prayer also happened in First Kings? Oh, I no if idea. I find these exact words in First Kings, will I get half points or what? No, no. Um, but uh, I'll let you respond for the fun of it about long Gospel. I mean, this is pretty fascinating. He's talking about the foreigner. I mean, why on earth would a foreigner care about the house of Israel? Well, this, this, uh, this house of Israel, this house of God, this temple is God's uh, Old Testament mechanism to, so that the people could enter into the, his presence without being wiped out. And it involves sacrifice and blood, and all of it is a preaching of Christ. I mean, everything in the temple preaches Jesus. Uh, his, his sacrifice outside the temple, his bringing his blood into the Holy of Holies, that is, into the throne of God, and standing to testify before us there. God hearing the, the incense, God hearing the, the prayers of the saints, and, and all this sort of stuff. So that um, so that we see in the temple a shadow of the heavenly reality, which is the gospel. So all the temple talk, even though it looks like law to us, because there is a lot of ceremonial law there, it is, uh, when we get right down to it, it's a beautiful, perfect preaching of Christ. That would have been great for 100 points had you gotten the... I'm going to find that text. <laughs> the first All right, you work on that. We're going to be going to a break here in a little what? bit. Don't forget, on our website, game. tabletalkradio.org, there is a button there, a little golden button that says Donate. You could be part of our Reformation Glee Club. You can donate for as a uh, radio clown for $2 a month or all the way up to $20 a month, be a theological bull rider. Uh, that's on our website, tabletalkradio.org. We appreciate your support and uh, helping us out with uh, the expenses that it takes to keep Table Talk Radio on the air or the interweb, depending on how you listen. Also, you can give us a call if you have comments or questions. The number is 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-SOLA. More Bible be right after this. I found the same exact text, 1 Kings chapter 8. I can't hear you. 
Verse 41. Word for word. Oh, Not man. really one of the best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back, Table Talk Radio. During that break, we had a uh, uh, officials review, instant replay booth. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's good. You know, I, f- I feel bad. We, you we know? brought that now. It's gone from the NFL to the NBA. Wait, to the what's the football? To the baseball thing, and now to Bible B. Yeah, officials review. So officials review is going to give twenty pity points to Pastor Wolfmuller for identifying the other passage that I was not reading from, which is kind of the point of Bible B. So, <laughs> with 20 oh, points, yeah. I'm ready for my you round wanna, one. You want to play that game, do you? <laughs> yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, he's switching. He's calling, calling an audible on his round one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just might find a different text. <laughs> Let's go. Bring it. Come on. Delay again. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them out of, by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write it and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Oh, beautiful. So uh, here we have this, uh, this promise of a, of a new covenant, a greater covenant coming. Um, which, so you have the, the covenant given to the people of Israel, um, the God's promise given to them, which they broke. They did not keep their covenant with God. And so what they deserved by their breaking of the covenant um, was God's... Uh, uh, wrath, God to desert the people of Israel, to have nothing more to do with them. But he doesn't. He comes along through this uh, mysterious prophet and uh, promises a new covenant in which the 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 law of God, the um, very word, his very um, uh, gift to God is written now on their, on their hearts, that it would actually be uh, believed and desired by the people. Um, so a wonderful promise given to uh, the people of Israel um, in the Old Testament. So we've limited it down to the Old Testament. And this is one of the major prophets. So that would take us to like Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah. Um, who else? <laughs> uh, what is Ezekiel? Ezekiel. Ezekiel be considered a major prophet? Yeah, he's major. Daniel. Daniel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's one of these, and um, I think that this is going to come up somewhere in the book of Jeremiah. Well, you would be right, Uh-oh. Uh, because but. this text is exactly from Jeremiah 31. But, but I was reading from <laughs> Hebrews chapter 8, <laughs> That's where different. this text is quoted that in is full. That is completely different. <laughs> And, uh, in fact, I do think this Hebrews fact, chapter 8... if I would have said Hebrews, you would have said, oh, actually, I was reading from Jeremiah. <laughs> no, it's open to Hebrews. <laughs> hey, two can play at this game, I buddy. I see how it is. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so if 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 I read a verse from one of the gospels, you just have to name one of them, like one of the synoptics, and it counts. That's what, you remember how we played that. Why we invented the game? Name that event in the life of Jesus, because we could never guess what gospel it came from. But but this is the difference. Normally, when you're reading the gospels, there's a word or two that's actually different. Except for in that prayer from Solomon, the words are exactly the uh, same. I don't know if they're exactly the same. Now, uh, I this, expect I, you to know the difference between Kings and Chronicles. Well, I, you're right, and I fail at that. Now, this, this, I think, I've not proven this, but I think that this Hebrews 8, it's verses 8 all the way through verse 12, and it's quoting... Um, and extensively this promise of the new covenant from Jeremiah 31. I believe this is the longest Old Testament quote in the New Testament. I think that's mm. the case. I don't know for sure, but I think so. Mm. Yeah, okay. it's beautiful. Beautiful gospel, by the way. Uh, this is a promise of... Uh, this is fulfilled, by the way, in, in Christ. This is fulfilled when uh, Christ comes and, and uh, lives a perfect life and then offers up his life... As I was going to say a ransom, but that would only be getting my buzzword. Yeah, the, uh, we don't, a we don't. Ganesio ransom. <laughs> really bad at this thing. But, so we should we should go back to normal and not even try to get the buzzword. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, I like that. Let's do that. Um, but anyway, this is the new covenant that that the Lord establishes uh, in Christ. So um, now this is no longer about the. Uh, the, the markers that God had established, like through circumcision, um, this New Testament spends ample time talking about how the uh, the the marker of circumcision is no longer that of um, God's people or not. It is instead now uh, faith, faith that it believes in the promises of God, the faith that's bestowed through holy baptism and. And the word and and sustained and and God's gift of His body and blood and the Lord's Supper. So, uh, this is a wonderful passage of scripture, and it is gospel. Yes, that's great. Now, uh, you notice that both of these passages. I mean, I mean, I was about to say both from the Old Testament. Yours is sort of from the Old. Minus, anyway, both of these passages talk about the forgiveness of sins. You know how it's how tempted we are to think, ah, New Testament forgiveness of sins. Old Testament is. Uh, mm-hmm. Not forgiveness. So you're saying this uh, is from the Old Testament? Stuff. Well, it's yeah, originally <laughs> bef- before before <laughs> Hebrews quoted it. It's quoting the Old Testament. Uh-huh. All right, I'll give you twenty sympathy points <laughs> since you're All crying right. about it. All right, I am too. I'm t- crying. <laughs> I hear. I could hear it in your vo- the quivering in your voice. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Round two. All right, here is your one verse. For we had, uh, sorry, let me say again. If we have had been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated, if we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent. For our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king. What? I've got no idea what that is. Can we read that again? Yeah. For we have had, uh, sorry. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent. For our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king. Oh, man, I don't know. 
Um, it seems like I should know that. If we'd been sold, our people, the loss to the king. Huh. I think, huh. <laughs> uh, I wonder if this is, I wonder if the king that it's talking to, I mean, so this definitely sounds Old testament to me, by the way. And I don't recognize it from the Psalms, so that, uh, that's um, I'm reducing it down here. <laughs> Psalms are off the list. <laughs> I'm not going to go with the Psalms. I'm not going to go with Song of Solomon. Thirty-six more books. To, oh, thirty-five more books. To go. <laughs> um, talking about the king there, it could be a, a, a king of Israel. It could be also the other kings of the world, like a Babylonian king or something like that. Uh, I think this is probably going to be. Uh, I think this is probably going to be a history text. And not a prophetic text. And I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to guess on this thing that th- this is going to be um, kind of post-exile kind of history or 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 post-destruction of the North kind of late Israel history. So I'm going to put this at Second uh, Kings. <laughs> nope, sorry. Uh, instead, you were looking for the book of Esther. Oh, man, Esther. I always miss Esther. <laughs> Calvinists are going to be all over my case now. This is How Esther come you cha- never read Esther? <laughs> Chapter 7. I guess I should have known that. I should just guess Esther every that's, time that's when I don't go-to, know. That's the go-to book for me. Esther. <laughs> I can't tell if it's... Lo- now that I know who what the king is and everything, you're going to have to read it again, and then I can do the law gospel business. Uh, for we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent, for our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king. Well, that's going to be... Mm, that's going to be what Esther arguing to the king? Ahasuerus? 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 Uh, and saying, uh, and that's her intercession for the people. Is that what that's going on? I think on it there? is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if that, I, 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 it's not exactly gospel. The history gonna, stuff is kind of. It's going to be the history, but it's going to yeah. be the history of the Lord. So that's the point, is that the Lord preserves his people so that Jesus can be born. So in that way, it's getting around to the gospel. Okay. Uh, you probably have time to read your one verse clue for me, and then I'll take a break and think about right. it and Google it and all that stuff. Let me look for Esther. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> oh, here it is. I found it. <laughs> Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. That's it. That's it. That's one. Thought, I'll give you the next one. Here, no, I'll give it's you okay. It's one. okay. I, no, 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 no. I, I think I know that, what this is. I think you, uh, this is Old Testament-y, uh, sounds like. And uh, sounds like you went again to a major prophet. Now, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to ponder a little bit and see if I can narrow it down during this break uh, through a little uh, internet searching and then uh, come back with an answer. (laughs) You're listening to Table Talk Radio. After this, we're playing The Pope Said What? (laughs) Nice. That's good. In honor of his visit to the Americas, we'll be right back. You're listening to the one and the only Table Talk Radio with Pastor Wolf Miller and Evan Gigline. We'll be right back.
many Table Talk Radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one. Whoa. Bringing me right back to the Club Road River place. Right. Is that a praise song? I'm sure it is. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, blessed is the man. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. That is your verse for round two of Bible B here on Table Talk Radio. I think, um, see, you're trying to trick me again. As yeah, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, I am. And I'm not even sure if I can get the original uh, <laughs> quote, not not to mention the one you're quoting from. So okay, this isn't my guess, but I'll, I'm just here talking here. I think that okay. this is from the prophet Isaiah. Okay. But uh, I know that you're uh, doing this. And so I, I don't even, I'm not quite sure if that's right already, but I'm pretty sure that's Isaiah. Now, I'm thinking, where else is this quoted in, in the New Testament? And... Um, Huh. I think, uh, or maybe you're trying to do a little trickery here. Yeah, and, reverse psychology. Yeah, a little reverse psychology. So quoting a, a oft quoted verse from the Old Testament into new, making you think I'm, you're going to guess new. Yeah, that would be very tricky. Um, I'll, I, I think I'm just going to go for the New Testament. I don't I, see. I don't think that you plan that far ahead. Oh yeah. So I'm going to go with uh, Romans. Is this Romans? Oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. Is that right? Yes, it's Romans. <laughs> Quoting Psalm 32. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Psalm, that's what I meant. Psalm 32. <laughs> like the second most famous of the penitential psalms. I, I thought that sounded familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew oh, it was in Romans. I can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> Are you sorry that you told me about your trick plans of trickery now? <laughs> I can't believe that. So 200 points for me. Yeah, all right, fine. This, by the way, is gospel stuff. <laughs> gospel <laughs> preaching. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is uh, sins forgiven. Read it one more time for me. Uh, okay. The fan keeps changing the page here. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Yeah, that's, that's uh, how that goes. That's me. I'm a sinner, and Christ has died for me. And that's you, too. Uh, you're a sinner, and Christ hey, has died for you. So you. Oh, you're talking to the listener. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, this psalm and this passage in Romans is talking about us, that we are forgiven by Christ you himself because of so his death and lucky. resurrection. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Okay, somewhere in the Bible... The word um, artist is used one time. Artist, you say? Yep. Artist? Yep. Huh. Uh, well, I don't think it's in the Psalms. I don't have any idea. Artist, artist, artist. Oh, oh, oh hold on, hold on. Uh-oh. Take it easy. I got an idea. Um, I wonder if the word artist is used in conjunction with the building of the temple. Mm. Uh, if there was artists involved. Is artists or artist singular? Let me double check. Singular artist. Hmm. Uh, 
You know, there's a section at the beginning of Genesis where it talks about like when they start to do metal work and stuff like that. I wonder if that, that could also be it. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the poetic book, and I'm gonna say Song of Solomon. Boom! <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah, of course I got it. How would you ever doubt me? Now you had a couple of choices, um, like in in Exodus or Leviticus, where it talks about the uh, artistic designs, but yeah. the artist is only mentioned in Song of Solomon seven one. Where it says, um, "Oh, a prince's daughter, the curves of your hips are like jewels, the work of the hands of an artist." Well, there you go. You've been meditating a little on Song of Solomon now that you're married. You're like, I can go and read it now. <laughs> I know. I was never allowed to before. Now, uh, no, actually, I just randomly pulled that up. But this little spreadsheet has all one-word entries in the Bible. Oh, so there you go. Your hips are. Like the work of an artist. Yeah, so law or gospel, Pastor Wolf Miller. <laughs> Later. Uh, that's going to be gospel, of course, because the Song of Solomon, you know, the, the more traditional understanding of the Song of Solomon uh, is that this is a love note between Christ and the Church. Not an allegory, but in fact, Jesus and his affection for the Church. And so we we can rejoice in that, that when the br- husband looks at the bride and, and rejoices in her beauty, that this is what Jesus does for us. Well, uh, Ephesians 5 stuff. Uh, he washed us uh, and uh, so that we would be without spot or, blink or, or wrinkle or any such thing in the water and the word. That's, well, that's what I'm going to go with right there. Yeah, so the, the first part of Solomon 7 one says, How beautiful are your feet in sandals. And that's in comparison to what Carrie writes to Pastor Wolfman. It says, how beautiful are your feet in gaiters <laughs> and boots. <laughs> you take it out. Take it easy. She got me some new... Uh, she, Carrie got me, by the way, some dress Crocs, but they were one size too small. So the newer, the bigger ones are coming in the mail. So I'm going to have... I'm going to be both casual yeah, and formal at the same time. It's usually hats that you need a bigger size in. <laughs> it's true. Oh, my one word for you is... <laughs> Meanie. <laughs> meanie pants. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Meanie. Are you serious? Like, Yeah, meanie. Like you're being a meanie pants? No, not meanie. M-E-N-E. Meanie. Oh. Like a meme. No, that's would be Mimi. <laughs> that's how I pronounce meanie. Mimi. <laughs> this is meanie. Some people might say meanie. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember this. I just came across this the other day when I was reading in Exodus. <laughs> right? That's where it is. Exodus? Uh, is that your final answer? You yeah. don't want to think this one through a little bit? Okay, no. No, it's not my final answer. <laughs> um, now that I think about it, it might have been my other time I was reading the Bible, which was <laughs> when I was in Psalms. Psalms. Okay. Well, you're getting closer. No, this is Daniel. This is the writing on the wall when the Lord, uh, with the finger, writes on the wall and says, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Upfarsen. Remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> so when uh, there's the king and he's drinking wine out of, uh, out of the vessels from the temple, and the Lord says, hey, oh, uh, yeah. judgment, you are weighed in the scale and found wanting. Mene, Mene, Tekel, Upfarsen. <laughs> and that's what you picked for your clue for Bible B? Yeah. 
No matter. Um, what are you talking? Of course, that's what I picked. What else would you pick? I don't know. I think that we tied, word, though. That, that word comes up. Uh, you see how it comes up only one. It comes up twice, but it's right next to each other. Mm. True. True. I think we Daniel tied though Jeffrey. because if I get a hundred points for getting law gospel right after getting the correct answer, then it's three hundred to three hundred. Well, what about my guess for law gospel? Oh, it's probably wrong. <laughs> okay, I guess that does put you in the lead. So anyway, so Mayne, what are you going to do? Law gospel with that guy? Oh, um, uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to get onto this uh, Pope game because we have three minutes left. Two thirty-eight left. <laughs> in the whole show? Yeah, yeah, we're oh, almost done sheesh. here. So, tell us a little bit about this game and how it works. Okay, so I'm going to read something, and you got to get. I'll give you multiple choice and see where it came from. So I'm going to read you some astonishingly ridiculous things that the Pope says about himself. Ready? Here's the first. And I have to guess what? Which? What? Where? What document it comes from? Wait, Don't wait, worry, wait, I'll wait. give you multiple choice. Oh, okay, okay. Furthermore, we declare, we proclaim, we define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman Pontiff. <laughs> That's pretty clear. Yeah. Is that A, Vatican I, B, Vatican II, C, Unum Sanctum? Hmm. Unum Sanctum? Hmm. I'm going to guess that comes from Vatican I. That comes from Unum Sanctum. Uh, this bull. It's a papal bull. 1302 or something. Here's the next one. Uh, that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Shepherds and Great Shepherd of the Sheep, established in the blessed Apostle Peter for the continual salvation and permanent benefit of the Church, must of necessity remain forever by Christ's authority in the Church, which, founded as it is upon this rock, will stand firm to the end of time. For no one can doubt indeed it was known in every age that the holy and most blessed Peter, Prince and Head of the Apostles, pillar of faith, and the foundation of the Catholic Church, Received the keys of the kingdom from our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior and Redeemer of the human race. So this is that is... A, Vatican I, B, Vatican II, C, Unum Sanctum. So this is um, saying that Peter is the foundation of the church, right? Yeah, right. Rather than, say, like Christ or the gospel. Or... Right, that's right. Okay. The word. Um, how about I say Unum Sanctum again? Vatican I. Dang. Now, continuing on from that quote, this will be an easier one to guess. <laughs> for this reason, it has always been necessary for every church, that is to say the faithful throughout the world, to be in agreement with the Roman church because of its more effective leadership. <laughs> in consequence of being joined as members to the head with that sea from which rites of sacred communion flow to all, they will grow together into the structure of a single body. Did you get that? The head of the church is the Pope. Therefore, if anyone says that it is not by the institution of Christ the Lord himself, that is, by divine law, that blessed Peter should have perpetual successors in the primacy over the whole church, or that the Roman pontiff is not the successor of blessed Peter in his primacy, let him be anathema. Vatican I. You got it! Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the Pope... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Where the points are like the things the Pope Thanks says about himself. Thanks for listening himself. to this edition of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Table Talk Radio is not we for We should everyone. play this game Please again Please consult sometime. your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio.
Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling sleep off the treadmill. Sleep gain. For more information, visit peopletalkradio.org. <laughs> sleep gain. That's ridiculous.